episode 9 of Double Hop Beat, a bi-weekly podcast sharing the pulse of beer and the home brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer. Thank you for joining us on our special two-part ninth episode. Woohoo! Where we will share our craft beer adventure to Hawaii. Yeah! We will also be touching on some craft cocktails and foods we found in paradise in case you desire to venture to Hawaii, which we highly recommend for everyone to do. And an update on my homebrew scene. Uh, inspired by some island brews we had on our trip, I am creating a new recipe for a mango and or guava IPA. So for if any listeners out there have brewed using mango or guava, Please uh, direct message us, and if you have any suggestions or any tips that you found helpful when you brewed a beer with uh, either of those ingredients, uh, we'd be happy to find out. Yeah. Any tips and tricks are much appreciated. Uh, So for those of you who were following us on Instagram for the past couple weeks, you'll know that we were down in Hawaii on vacation. Uh, But while we were down there, we also checked out a lot of craft breweries and tried some new uh, beers that we haven't had before. And we were there about five years ago um, on our honeymoon, and we noticed this time that there's definitely a lot more in terms of craft beer than there was just five years ago. So it's really been booming in Hawaii. Uh, Tourists are bringing their love of craft beer with them from the mainland to the islands. Uh, And so when we were there last time, it was really just Maui Brewing on Maui and Kona on the Big Island, Um, and the restaurants didn't really have that big of a selection as they do now. So we've Really enjoyed being able to sample some of the new local flavors, um, go to the new Maui Brewing location, as well as check out Kohola Brewing, which is in the old Maui Brewing location. And then uh, we also will talk about in another episode, went to Kauai and checked out some craft beer there. Two islands. Let's give you two parts because that just makes the most sense, right? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So our first uh, brewery stop, put on the brakes. We went to Cola Brewing in Lahaina. Yep, so the Cola Brewing was uh, founded by two husband and wife pairs, and they were the first home brewers. Um, they started home brewing in 2016. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's not much time from now, 2019, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just pretty cool to show that all the home brewers out there, you know, you can make it in craft, craft beer. Um, so, yeah, they have a 25 barrel brew house. Uh, which is located in what was Maui Brewing's old site off of Route 30 in Lahaina. And Garrett, actually, they considered the founder of Maui Brewing uh, almost like a big brother because they really um, took his advice and they both share mutual respect for the beer, the island. Um, So it's really great to see that kind of teamwork, especially in breweries where the island's not that big, so um, competition can be fierce. Yeah, they're only about like 40 minutes apart from each other, so, but it's a really good partnership they have going on, and a lot of their beers are inspired by local ingredients, such as coffee, pineapple, lilikoi, which is a passion fruit, and coconut. And their tap room is more of like a warehouse feel, so they're a very small brewery. Um, I remember last time when we were there five years ago when it was Maui Brewing, the layout was a lot different than what they have mm-hmm. now. And I don't know about you, but I liked how Kohola kind of made it their own and kind of they switched where the taproom was located before. I think it was just where some of the fermenter tanks was in the back and they kind of swapped that. So then the first thing you see is the taproom and it's not kind of like on the side. 
Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if you got that feel. No, I liked the layout. Uh, I was a little confused when we first showed up because I was expecting it to be the same layout as Maui because you would think that's the easiest solution is to just kind of move into their space that they left behind. Uh, but it was so I kind of tried to walk to the wrong door and then realized that I was there was no entrance where I was trying to go. But I did like the feel. It was really uh, big and open, airy, and it had uh, the surfing on the TV, which was really cool. It gave us the island feel, drink some beer, watch some surfing. They also had board games, and it's very casual. There was Wi-Fi, which is key when I'm, you know, Snapchatting and Instagramming. And also there was a food truck that they work with that's there on a pretty regular basis. And I think that's pretty important to have is key things, Wi-Fi, and food trucks. And it was also, they had these huge, it looked like almost air conditioners, Mm -hmm. like mobile air conditioners. That was really good to have because in Hawaii it was like 90 degrees. And no one wants to sit in a hot brewery and drink beer, no matter how refreshing the beer may be. Yeah. Um, so that was just kind of a cool experience. Uh, my favorite beers there was the Waterman IPA, uh, the table, the Talk Story Pale Ale, and the Hazy Road to Hana, which is a playoff. Um, the Road to Hana, which those of you who have been to Hawaii on Maui, um, it's a really gorgeous um, road path that people take. Um, to have breathtaking views of waterfalls and everything else. And it's definitely like a journey. It's not like something you do just in the morning um, for those going to Hawaii. Uh, so that was an also an IPA, shocker. Uh, but the fun <laughs> fact, in Hawaii, a waterman is someone who can surf in a wide variety of ocean conditions. Wow. So I thought that was also kind of cool in their naming, how they incorporated also stuff that people in the island know and locals you know must have suggested it or maybe they came up with it themselves but I thought it was pretty clever I am definitely not a waterman because I can't surf and I'm not a great swimmer I do the uh really special style called the doggy paddle so (laughs) um and my favorites were the mango dreamsicle and the pineapple blonde so obviously some of you may know that I like fruity beers and things are a little bit on the lighter side so those were really good especially the mango dream school. I think that was my, my favorite out of those two. So, and, and I think too, with the breweries there, they kind of do the pineapple, as you mentioned, coconut, um, coffee, everything that's grown there. It's a lot easier for them to make stuff that the locals will also want. And it also helps local farmers and, uh, maltsters and, all the people that are locally to them. Otherwise, they have to ship it all from the mainland, and that can be expensive, and they don't really want to give that to the customers either because it's going to increase your price of the beer, naturally. Um, so their really only struggle is with getting hops mm-hmm. um, as really they can't really grow their own hops um, in that climate. Uh, so that's the one challenge uh, we heard from the breweries that they've having of having to change up their recipes or they might not have the hops they need that certain locals want a certain demand for one of their beers and they just can't get the hops so they have to make do with what they have yeah i know wheat is also uh, like getting the grains can be a challenge too because it's not great conditions to be growing that on hawaii so those are also things they have to import from the mainland which can drive up their prices so overall i think we liked our our uh, pit stop at kohola it was fun and a nice way to hang out just as the two of us, because we went with James's whole family. So we love them, but it's nice to kind of step away and, and have our own little excursion with just us. So uh, We also went to Maui Brewing in their new location in Kihei. So as I said, last time we were there, they were over in Lahaina. Um, and since then, they've moved to Kihei. And it is a massive facility. 
there is a separate tasting room, which was really cool. And there's also a brew pub restaurant that has its own bar as well. And they really have embodied the sustainability and just kind of having reducing their impact on the environment with this new facility because there are solar panels everywhere. It took me a little bit to notice them. We were sitting outside on the patio and I looked up and I was like, this this awning seems kind of weird. And then I looked closer and realized it was all solar panels. So basically every awning covering little roof that goes over an area is a solar panel. So that really gives them a wide, um, a lot of options to utilize that solar energy, which is great. And you might be thinking, oh, with all these solar panels, does it take away from the craft beer scene, like the vibe that you get there, or the island vibe? I think it didn't at all. Like they, it wasn't just a field full of, Mm -hmm. you know, these eyesore of solar panels, like you might be thinking. They actually incorporated it into the design of the building. Even in the, the lights that were in the parking lot, they incorporated old kegs that couldn't be used anymore as the bases. And then they also had solar panels on the bottom of the light. So the sun is one of the most powerful um, natural resources that Hawaii has. So they figured, why not use it and be sustainable and be responsible as a brewery and just um, making things work that you have around you? Yeah. Uh, So I mentioned they have a patio space that you can go out onto uh, outside the tasting room. But there's also a large one outside of the brew pub as well where they've got some games you can play and some Adirondack chairs. And there's also large garage doors, which provide great views uh, of the ocean, also of um, the hills and I guess, rolling valleys of the Valley Isle. <laughs> and you, you can actually see the ocean from the brewery, mm-hmm. too. But I was like, where are we? We're in, like, the middle of, like, nowhere, this part, gigantic, almost like an industrial park, park of, yeah. like, off, it looked like offices and a couple other buildings. But other than that, it was pretty much you get off the highway, and there you are. And But it's very clearly marked for those trying to find it. Um, if you think, oh, man, I can't believe it's out here, this can't be right, yet you're in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and inside they also have a massive bar that looks uh, inside the restaurant, and there's large fermenter tanks behind that, which is really cool. And they also have kind of a subtle ocean theming in terms of over the bar, they have Edison light bulbs, and they're kind of patterned into a wave. And then they mimic that with a wood divider between the brew pub and the bar area, which is a really cool way to bring in that ocean um, inspiration from Hawaii. And, like, I really didn't even realize that the lights were in the mm-hmm. wave pattern until you mentioned it. It was just so subtle. But once you recognized it, it was such a cool thing to, like, wow, they really put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. And they also had, a, I think, a giant rack that had all their empty kegs in it, too, to use as, like, a wall feature. So it just wasn't an empty wall. You actually, they had the kegs all laid on their sides, all stacked up. So it was kind of a cool, cool thing to see there, too, even though it was probably out of function, but it also did add to the design of the space. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was also cool because some places, you know, if you have kids and then it kind of, you know, another topic we'll talk about in another episode is bringing kids to breweries and is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, but they actually designed this in a way that the tap room was pretty much for 21 and over. So you could go on the tap room side um, and it was more of the adult theme. And also the bar, and like you said, there was a divider that separated the restaurant. So if you did bring in kids, you could sit at a table, um, and you wouldn't feel that, all right, my kid's in a bar kind of an atmosphere. So I think that was good for both kinds of customers, the customers that are over 21 that don't really want to be bothered by other people's kids (laughs) or lack of parenting at a brewery, 
Um, so I think that was nice. But also, if you just wanted to come in for a beer and not go to the restaurant side, it was nice to have the tap room separate where you can go, you know, get a flight, have a pint. They also had some activities like trivia and bands and things like that, though, just play in that space. Cause it was a nice separation between the two styles, I guess you would say, with the tap room and then the, the restaurant. So I think that was cool. And I think the most surprising thing for me was just the selection of beers that they had on tap. Mm-hmm. I was expecting to see the same, you know, five to six that I've seen in cans around here, such as, you know, their Bikini Blonde I bikini blonde Ale, their, um, what was the one that I got Hans really into? The Big Swell. The Big Swell IPA, which was my, one of my favorites. But they had at least six other IPAs and a couple other blondes, enough where you could get quite a few flights and still have room for trying new things, which Mm -hmm. I like. So my favorite brews I found that were only on site, or at least that we found only on site, were the Endless Session IPA, which was nice and fruity, but it also had a nice dryness to it. Uh, The Island Smash IPA that had a heavy grapefruit flavor to it, which I really enjoyed, especially on a hot day. It was really refreshing. And that one we actually got tricked because (laughs) uh, they said uh, we had the flight with it, and I really liked that one. And I asked, all right, I'll take a, uh, a full pour of that. would be great. And they go, oh, man, we just ran out. Sorry, we just kicked it. Less than five minutes later, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yep, we found another one in the back. And it's like that hidden gem of when you find something like like that, it's just such a great great thing, to, a good surprise to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lastly, the, I was kind of surprised by and I, This was my first experience with a milkshake style of a beer. And this was their fully pitted mango milkshake. Um, and it was very sweet and hoppy, which I thought the combination would be a little overpowering for me. Um, when I fir- took my first sip, I was a little shocked by it. It was just was very smooth. Even though it looked like an IPA, it was very like creamy. Um, so it kind of took me back a little bit, like the first time I had nitro coffee. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. But then I took a second sip and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, c- I could go for this. Right, Chan? Well, I'm glad I got better with the sips and not worse. Like sometimes you have oh, some, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is so good. And then you take the next one, and you're like, okay, it's so good. And the third one, you're like, eh, I don't like, know about Like this. those people that are like, this smells disgusting. Here, smell it. And then they smell it again. You're like, no, why am I smelling this? What are you doing? Like, you just what's told going me on? it smells bad. <laughs> My God, what's wrong with you? Uh, and my favorite was the Power Pose Sour, which is uh, true to form for me. It was very refreshing. It wasn't really heavy on the sour. Like I didn't, it was something I would be able to drink more than one glass of. Sometimes with the sours, I can only have one and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good for now. But um, it was really fruity and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, good addition to my hot summer afternoon. Yeah, I think, I think we'll definitely be back there. Um, I would highly recommend going there if you are in Maui. Um, like I said, there is a beer for everybody. And also, they make their own soda. Oh, yeah. So I've had one of those on the beach, and it was so nice. Like, they had a Coke, they had a root beer. And a ginger and beer. A, and a ginger beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really good. Um, and it was really cool, too, for those who don't drink. It was also in the Maui beer can, so the art was still there. Um, and you still felt like, you know, you were having a craft beverage. So that was kind of cool to see, like, an island cola. I think it was called, yeah, it was called the Island yep. Cola. So that was really good. So if you're not a beer drinker, definitely check out their soda, too. Um, and most of the resorts had their sodas. Um, the stores all had them. Um, so you can pretty much find it anywhere. 
Yeah. And so we went to some other places that were not breweries, shocker, uh, while we were on Maui. But we just wanted to uh, let you guys know about those. So in case you are planning a trip to Maui, that you have some ideas of some of the delicious places that we checked out um, for craft beer, craft cocktails on the west side of Maui and Kanapali Beach. Yeah. So catch a wave. And here's our top spots other than breweries. <laughs> Go. Okay, so for cocktails and craft beer, we went to Japango, which is located at the Hyatt Regency on Kanapali Beach, uh, and they have a classic Mai Tai, which was pretty good. It's well mixed, and there's plenty of alcohol, which I feel like people really look for in their Mai Tais. You don't want to just like taste the mix. Uh, so you expect to have that from, from a Mai Tai, and it had also incredible sushi and fresh seafood. I had the spicy tuna roll the first night. Uh, which was really good. And then James's mom and his sister had the fried rice bowl with chicken. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, I should have gotten this like on top of my sushi. And I think, what did you have the first when we were there the first time? I had a spicy tuna as well. Um, and I think my dad had the mahi-mahi. So that's also like a very local fish um, that's really fresh there. And I highly recommend it for those seafood lovers. Um, and usually it's grilled, grilled mahi-mahi is out. Anyway, I prefer it. Um, and when we preface that it's part of the Hyatt Regency, these restaurants are really like standalone. Mm-hmm. Like they're top rated. They're on their own. It's not like some of the it's hotel. Not the Motel 8 restaurant. Restaurants <laughs> you find, you know, at least in the mainland that we've found. It's they have their head chefs are brilliant. Um, every piece of food you get is like a masterpiece. Um, and it's you get what you pay for. So their prices are a little bit more expensive than Mm -hmm. you would expect, but you're getting, you know, the top rated chef, you're getting, you know, the whole experience, a great atmosphere. Um, And they do have happy hours. So what we did was we just looked up on every site on the beach what happy hours were for different cocktails, different food, different apps. Um, So then we could have something for everybody and you'd save maybe $5 on a cocktail. You'd save half off apps or you'd save a couple dollars off your beer so tips like that are good so when you travel just always look out for happy hours because you never know when you'll be in the area yep save a buck so also at the Hyatt Regency in the pool is the grotto bar so it's a swim up pool but it's not like a typical swim up pool it's a swim up pool James swim 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 (laughs) it's a swim up bar but it's not your typical summit bar where you have to like sit in the water and drink. You have to actually get out, which is nice. Uh, but you can swim right up, charge it to your room, which can be dangerous if you're staying there. Uh, but they had really good Mai Tais as well for a poolside bar. Yeah, they, um, they were uh, so strong that my brother could not feel his face <laughs> after. Um, so that was quite humorous. Yeah. And I go, are you kidding me, Clark? So that was <laughs> that was quite humorous. Um, but they are super strong Mai Tais. So if you're looking for a strong drink, uh, something, you know, one and done or two and done, uh, they're Mai Tais, they're pina coladas. And they did have specialty drinks every day. Um, mm-hmm. So you would ask the bartender um, what they would recommend and if they had a special of the day, and they would make you something special that day. So a hidden tip that just ask the bartenders there. Um, what they'd recommend yeah they also have happy hours so during that time it can get pretty busy uh, with people coming over to get those discounted drinks and therefore service can be slow at times but it was it was kind of a cool experience to just be able to swim up get out get a drink get back in the pool get in get out go. yeah 
Like, After the water slide, you uh, know, yeah. get a drink. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Shan and I were once again the only adults on this water slide that the Hyatt had. They had two. They had one that was kind of like in the kiddie pool area. And hey, then I they had that one. a massive one that was very like hidden and secluded that we didn't even know existed until we got there. Um, and boy, does that shoot you out like no other. Like It goes into nine feet of water, and it just whips you around a corner, and before you know it, you're in swimming. So... Uh, if you're not a good fun. swimmer, uh, just hold on tight and uh, enjoy the ride, I guess. It was pretty fun. I think the last run I did, I got shot out straight and I literally just skidded across the top yeah, of the water. Yeah, I think your feet so. literally just like <laughs> floated on top of the water. It looked like you were doing like the dead man's float with your arms crossed and it looked kind of funny. It was awesome. I think someone on the bridge, because there was a bridge that yeah. went over that, like got splashed by that and was just like, are you kidding me? Hey. Like just checked in and they didn't know there was a water slide don't there. Don't stand in the splash zone. Yeah, don't be that guy. Uh, but yeah, another great place that we found um, right by Whaler's Village, which is a short walk down, down the beach, um, was called Monkey Pod Kitchen. And Monkey Pod, for those who don't know, was a tree that was brought over to Hawaii um, to help them with their shipbuilding or canoes or whatever um, boat building that they were using at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were they are known for their handcrafted cocktails. Again, the Mai Tai was huge over there, um, and it's one of my favorite cocktails to have when I'm not drinking craft beer. Um, and this was a craft Mai Tai. And what I mean by that is it wasn't your standard, you float the rum, you have your pineapple, you have everything else that you have in there. This was specialty. They had their organic silver and dark rums in it. They had fresh squeezed lime, house-made macadamia nut uh, in it. And they had the, what else did they have? It was the honey lilikoi foam that they floated on the top. Mm -hmm. So it didn't look like your standard Mai Tai. So we do have a picture of that on our Instagram. So if you're kind of curious to what that kind of looks like, uh, we have that on there. And that was really good. Um, it was very strong, and I immediately switched to craft beer after that. <laughs> One and done. One and done for that. Yeah, because they did have a pretty good selection of uh, of craft beer. They had about 29 beers on tap, which is great. And I had a craft cocktail, but then I quickly fell in love with a mango cart, uh, which is from Golden Road in California. And that was delicious. Even I think that James was my it. favorite <laughs> beer of the trip, other than my favorites. Um, it was the most shocking beer that I had because I would think the mango would just take over or just be too much of a Blondale for me. Yeah, sometimes when you have those mango beers, you can get a little bit too much of that sweetness up front. Um, and I think, like you said, it would balance very nicely. And having it be from California, I wonder if they have mango trees there too. I'm not sure. But it must have been fresh mango because that was unbelievable. Yeah, it had a nice crisp finish too, so I really liked that. Uh, So they also, at this Monkey Pod kitchen, had a great atmosphere. There's a huge bar uh, that wrapped all the way around. You could see the ocean from where you sat. They also had really nice uh, regular style seating if you want to eat like at the quote-unquote restaurant um, side of it. And you can sit right by the ocean, which is great. Uh, And the bartenders are very knowledgeable about their craft beer on tap as well as the cocktails. So, yeah, we want to do a shout-out to James, a.k.a. <laughs> Rolly. Yeah, uh, for sharing his brewing experience and passion with us um, on being a brew tender and being a fellow craft beer enthusiast. Uh, and he did a great experience for us. Uh, he was very knowledgeable about every single tap that he had, um, which I think is very rare, especially when you have 29 taps. For me, that's 
a lot of taps to kind of keep an eye on. And uh, so th great job, James or Raleigh. And not only do they have a great bar area and 29 taps, they have one of the best happy hours, in my opinion, in Maui. It's from 3 to 6 daily, and it was also one of the most comprehensive happy hours that I found between discounts on their cocktails, their craft beer, um, their appetizers, and other food items. Um, and it was one of the longest. I mean, three hours is pretty lengthy, especially during prime dinner time there from yeah, 5 to pretty, 6. that's pretty... So they definitely got slammed a couple times, and they handled it like champs. So great job handling that kind of rush. Uh, and just don't be those tourists that just sit, sit at the bar and then go sit down at the table and then take up a table and don't order anything, and you just milk the beer you already got. It's just not fair to the servers. Uh, so we did see a couple of tourists do that, and it's just not, not, not good when someone's depending on um, that table for their livelihood. So just a side note on that. Okay. Don't be that guy or don't be that couple. <laughs> James is an advocate for servers. I, re I really am. <laughs> uh, so a couple of the places that we went to on Front Street was Fleetwoods. This was a place that James's dad was really excited to go to because he is a Fleetwood Mac fan. Um, and they had high-end cocktails, one of which James's dad did not realize was spicy. He got like a spicy margarita and was a little taken aback when it came. So I volunteered. I sacrificed myself to drink it. Because I was the only one at the table that actually liked it. Yeah, I wish the guy <laughs> who made the Sour Patch face could be there. You know, like the sour, what are those, those sour things that have like warheads? a face? Yeah, warheads, that's it. <laughs> the warhead face, that was the kind of face he made when he uh, took a sip. I, I, don't blame, I don't blame him. It would have been shocking, too, if you kind of glaze over the, oh, yeah, you want our spicy margarita? Yep, sure. It yep. said chili powder in it. All right, so chili. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I thought it was good, so I drank it. Uh, but they also have a rooftop bar, which is where we ate, and they have live music. And another uh, hidden gem, or not hidden gem anymore, um, Dirty Monkey on Front Street. Yeah, if you're looking for that lively kind of bar atmosphere to grab a bite, hang at the bar, that's the place for you. Again, great live music, bar atmosphere, and strong drinks. Um, if you have children, it's not the best environment. Um, so if you're 21 and plus over, check Dirty Monkey out. Yeah, and also check out Breakwall Shaved Ice, which we went to multiple times. It is located uh, right next to Down the Hatch Restaurant, which is on Front Street. It's kind of down like a set of stairs. It doesn't really look like it would be a restaurant or a shaved ice place, but once you get inside, um, it quickly, you know, there's live music, there's a bar, and then the shaved ice place is kind of in the back to the right, and they have adult shaved ice, so you can oh get Oh, my God. Adult shaved ice. <laughs> you can get alcoholic shaved ice, and they're really big. Uh, we got the pina colada and also the strawberry daiquiri. I thought the strawberry daiquiri was more, it was mixed better than the pina colada. The pina colada, sometimes I would just get a mouthful of vodka and ice and I was like, oh, but then the strawberry daiquiri, I thought it kind of, once the ice started to melt a little bit, it kind of just kind of melded all together better. What I liked about the pina colada too is it had a scoop of coconut ice cream on the very bottom. Oh, yeah. Um, so it kind of smoothed that everything out nicely and you actually got to see them make the big pile of ice from the huge block of ice that they had in their machine um, and that was a really cool place definitely check it out and when they say adult shaved ice it is adult shaved ice boy was that strong yeah. it was delicious though it was good <laughs> and they also have happy hour from two to six daily so definitely check that out yeah it half took, price yeah it took them from like twelve dollars for to the six. adult shaved ice to six and the portion size was very generous I think we got the smalls, and it was enough for two people. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely check them out. 
And another one we have was the Komoda Store and Bakery, located on Baldwin Avenue. Yeah. And this one, we had to bike 20 miles out of Volcano to get to. Although, you can just drive up if you want to. <laughs> but we did the bike ride down Haleakala, so we stopped at this delicious bakery for donuts on the way down. Um, it's been known to the locals since 1916 for cream puffs, donuts on a stick, butter rolls, and other pastries. We got what six donuts uh, half a dozen no, donuts we got a little bit more than oh that. sorry we got more i had to stop james from buying the whole bakery when we were there so this is not an alcoholic or beer place it is strictly just a bakery um like i said locally owned but we got sugar donuts chocolate filled donuts strawberry jelly donuts uh we got what else did we there get was just a, gua- a, regular... a guava filled fried donut that we got we only got one of those and we got the glazed we got donuts. glazed some crawlers on a stick we got a whole variety of donuts, and let me tell you, they were gone. Minus two that I had to put in my backpack and bike the remaining, I think we had six miles six left. Six miles. That's not bad. <laughs> and it was a rewarding treat for when we finished to actually have the remainder of the donuts. So if America runs on Dunkin', well, we should run mm-hmm. on Komoda because those donuts could cure any hangover. They were so good. They were so good, incredible, um, awesome. Definitely check them out if you're in town. And lastly, so for those coffee fans out there, the Millhouse Roasting Cafe. Um, if so, if you do a pineapple plantation it's a tour, Maui Tropical Plantation. Yeah. So if those of you who don't want coffee or you don't want ice cream, uh, you can check out the pineapple plantation, and they also have this roasting cafe, which has freshly brewed and roasted locally grown coffee that's on site. Um, in the Millhouse Roasting Cafe, and I tried the nitro coffee, and it was probably the best nitro I've ever had. Um, it knocked Starbucks on its butt. Um, <laughs> most coffee places in Hawaii would do that, and there is Starbucks in Hawaii, so we tried not to go to Starbucks on Hawaii, because typically we go to Starbucks around here in Massachusetts, yeah. um, and boy, were we not disappointed by switching it up. I think um, I only went to Starbucks twice, and that's because it was the only option that I had at the time. And I have an issue. I guess you were desperate. I have an issue. You, you, need, with, you need coffee 24-7. <laughs> with um, headaches, because clearly I am addicted and need to get help. But um, Starbucks was the only option on the way to our ATV tour when we were in Kauai. So I had to stop and get something before And we I had to <laughs> refuse, because I refused to have Starbucks in Hawaii. So... I give myself a little credit for that, for suffering through a couple hours of no coffee good to job. get the good stuff. So, woohoo! You're a stronger man than I. <laughs> I'd hope so. I'd hope you weren't a, I'd hope you weren't a man. <laughs> well, a stronger person, I guess. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, some of our other favorite brews that are more commonly found on the island. Um, so, again, we mentioned Maui Brewing's Bikini Blonde, which is a Munich Hell's Lager. Um, it's going to be your lighter lager, about 5%. Um, it's also got that nice golden color. Um, it's refreshing, so definitely try that one. Or uh, you can convert those who aren't IPA fans or they might like an IPA or they're having a cocktail and you want them to try some of the local beers if you're in Hawaii, have them try the Big Swell by Maui Brewing. I know my brother Hans, uh, that's all he ended up drinking the rest of the trip uh, was the Big Swell. He's such a fan of it. Um, so... Yeah, definitely check those out. Yeah, and from the Kohola Brewery, the Lokai Pilsner, uh, which is a German-style Pilsner. And as I've mentioned before, 
also the Mango Cart by Golden Road Brewing in California. Uh, I definitely got that once I had it. A monkey pod everywhere we went. If they had it, I got it. And, and then and the uh, actually the Pilsner we got someone who is an avid uh, Bud Light fan who oh, yeah. pretty much only drinks Bud Light. Um, I recommended the Pilsner to him and uh, he loved it. So it just shows you, you can switch it up from time to time. Nothing wrong with drinking your you know your regular Coors or Miller or um, your Bud Lights, but definitely try something different or try a style like a Blondale or a Pilsner. Um, if you want that light beer that has a similar um, flavor to it. Yeah. But more flavor. More flavor. <laughs> Less water, more flavor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but something else we wanted to mention was we were I was surprised at least by on the radio in Hawaii, there was a lot of ads for Miller, uh, Miller High Life. So that must be something that the locals drink for as far as between Bud Light or Coors. They seems that uh, Miller seems to be the one that, it's highly advertised, so yeah. if you're in Hawaii, let us know if uh, Miller is your drink of choice. <laughs> um, and lastly, uh, co- we did want to say Kona Brewing, so that's also that's on the big island, but they are found, um, a lot of the islands support each other, and they have um, the other breweries beer on the islands. Um, their Hibiscus Brute IPA um, was really good. Um, it was more of a drier India Pale Ale. Um, and it was brewed with hibiscus, and it was just a really unique um, IPA, and it was refreshing. It was very floral. Um, it was about eight percent, um, but it only had forty IBUs, so I thought that was a little lo- low, which is great. Um, it wasn't in the sixties, so very drinkable. Um, so yeah, that was our first part of our brewing adventure to the island of Maui. Yeah, so if you're planning to go to Maui anytime soon, or if this really, ex- I hope it inspired you to go to Maui, because I will say, if I didn't have a job here and didn't have to worry about money, then I would just live there. <laughs> Whether or not James wants to come with me, uh, I would be in Maui, living my best life. Uh, so I hope that this inspired you to go check it out and maybe plan a trip. There's a lot of other things to do, obviously, on the island, um, of, other than going to the breweries there's a lot of cool snorkeling spots there's a lot of like i said we did the bike ride down the volcano which was really nice and then another day we drove up to the top of it which uh, i did not kill anybody in my car there was a lot of white knuckle driving uh but everyone survived the trip and it's really cool it's it's definitely a different world on top of haleakala so um, there's a lot of stuff to do in maui as james mentioned the road to hana as well all stuff to do in kihei um, lahaina the north shore so I definitely recommend going. And if you're not a beach person, there's plenty of other things to do. If you yep. are a beach person, pack some craft beers in your backpack. Find your own beach. Uh, it's free parking everywhere, public access to any beach on the island. So it's pretty easy to find a beach of your own. Um, so, yeah, pack up some brews and hit the road. Well, thank you for listening as always, and thanks those of you who shared the, your brewing experiences with us. Um, we'll touch on those in another episode for you. Um, And as always, you can check us out on our website at www.doublehopbeatpodcast.com. DM us on Facebook and Instagram and share the experience. Yep, and we'll have another episode coming out about our experiences on Kauai. And this has been Aloha Island Brews Beyond the Instagram. (laughs) I'm James. I'm Shannon. And this is Double Double Hop Beat. Beat.